Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. Okay, so today I want to talk about maximizing your success in any area of life by mastering your mind. This is episode 15 of the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. And what an incredible first four months the podcast has had. We started in early October. Again, this is the 15th week, 15th episode. And I just want to take this opportunity as we close out 2022 to say thank you to each and every one of you, our listeners, for tuning in to listening to one or more, many of you, all 15 now of these episodes. We've had some incredible stories, some amazing interviews, and I want to take a moment just to say thank you to each and every one of our guests who took time out of their busy lives to share their life's hard succeed anyway story. The letters, the texts, the messages that have rolled in, encouragement and praise for the show and the encouragement that each of these stories has been to people that have communicated. It's just been so fun to get to be a part of that. And I also just want to take this opportunity to say thank you to so many of you for all the five-star ratings and the written reviews that so many of you have taken time out of your busy lives to give to the show. And I just, again, I can't thank you enough. Those really go a long way to helping the show get ranked helping this message and these inspiring, encouraging stories of others getting out to more and more people. And I just want to say thank you. Now, with the new year upon us, this is when so many of us excitedly reflect on the year past and look to the year ahead and set goals and make plans for the new year. And we make resolutions oftentimes. Maybe it's setting certain financial goals or goals of debt reduction or to be debt free or goals for our health and fitness or our relationships or all the above, maybe our business. But do you ever think about why do so many of these New Year's resolutions or just goals in general fail? Why do so many people fail to accomplish them? I've seen many different studies. One said that most New Year's resolutions have already been given up on by January 19th or discontinued by January 19th. Another one said that 80% of New Year's resolutions had ended by February 4th and there's others. But the point is that most people do not succeed at sticking with their goals. And maybe even you can relate with being frustrated in the past with not accomplishing your New Year's goals or your health goals. Maybe getting your business to the next level has not happened as you wanted. So I think there are a few reasons for that, but the one that I really want to focus on in this episode is the importance of us being intentional with our mind, intentionality around mastering our mind and our thoughts specifically. And the reason is because so much of our life is what our thoughts make it. I'm going to say that again. So much of our lives is what our thoughts make it. I've seen firsthand in my own life, in my wife, Nicole's life, and in so many others, in our other home business partners of ours' lives, the power that these principles I want to share today put into action can create. They literally are life-giving and life-changing, and so I'm so excited to share some of this with you. 
because I know firsthand and personally how much this has benefited my own life and my family's life. So let me start by asking you this question. What would you do if you found a simple way to help you be happier, healthier, and more prosperous? You'd be probably pretty excited about that. I know I would. And I want to share with you today that everything in life is either won or lost in the six inches between our two ears. Our mindset, our thoughts is the beginning of our success or lack thereof in any area of life. You can absolutely maximize your success if you can be intentional about mastering your mindset. Did you know that Science, specifically breakthrough neuroscientific research, is finally confirming why the Bible gives some of the advice that it provides on the subject of the mind. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, or as a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. That's Proverbs 23, 7. Do you have any idea why the Bible gives warnings about the mind? It's because it's a super critically important area of our life. You know, there are certain universal laws that have applied since the beginning of creation that are in effect, whether we understand them or not, whether we believe them or not, they're still in effect. One of these examples is, say, the law of gravity. None of us will deny the law of gravity exists, but a dog, for example, probably doesn't understand the law of gravity doesn't think about the law of gravity, can't explain the law of gravity, and probably doesn't even believe in the law of gravity, yet it still applies. It's still holding his four paws or her four paws on the earth, right? The power of our mind and our thoughts is another one of these laws. You know, professional athletes have understood this universal law relating to the power of the mind for a while now, it's why a portion of many of their training involves positive visualization. And I am not saying that you can just positively visualize your way to success. No, it's a lot more than that. But what I am saying is what we believe, what we think about, what we visualize, the words we speak to ourselves, more importantly, the words that we believe about ourselves, absolutely positively are either helping us or hindering us reach our goals. Napoleon Hill understood the power of visualizing back in the early 1900s when he stated, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. What you think about, what you believe to be true, what you believe to be your reality, your body will do its very, very best to accomplish. And I'll give you an example. I've seen this, and I'm sure you've probably seen this before. Hopefully, we don't do this with our own children, but I'm sure I probably have. You see this mother, or father for that matter, introducing her children to another adult, let's say. And when they get to Mary, Mary's hiding behind the mom's leg, and mom says, oh, and this is Mary. She's our shy one. What is the child here? She's our shy one. She's the shy one in the family. Often, that child is going to grow up to believe, I'm shy. I'm the shy one. Therefore, I act shy. Maybe some children grow up being told they're the hyper one, or they're the dumb one, or they're the smart one, or they're the one with ADD or ADHD. They're often going to believe these words they keep hearing over and over again. Now, 
a little of the science behind this, and I'm certainly no neuroscientist, don't claim to be, but as I've understood and read a little bit of this, did you realize that our minds are made up of two parts? Probably not going to surprise you. There's a conscious part, which is about only 10% of the mind. And then there's a subconscious part of our mind, which makes up the majority of it. As I understand about 90% of our mind. And in that 90%, the subconscious part of our mind, we have approximately 4 billion with a B, 4 billion neurons firing in our subconscious mind. Yet in our conscious mind, the part we actually have direct control over, only about 2,000 neurons are firing. So where is the power? Where do we really want to harness? What do we really want to control? The majority of our mind, which is 90% subconscious, where 4 billion neurons are firing. The subconscious mind, here's what's really interesting, is the subconscious mind does not know truth from lies. It can't discern what is real and what is false. That's the reason we can watch a movie that our conscious mind knows full well it's not real. Yet, we can be scared, literally scared, start sweating, start crying at a sad part, jump and yell at a scary part. Why? If we know it's fake. Because 90% of our mind, the subconscious portion of it, has no clue that it's not real. And that's why it can get scared or it can cry or laugh or whatever at the movie. So this is proof that the subconscious mind doesn't know truth. So what we program that subconscious mind, what we tell it, it matters greatly. We need to be programming our subconscious minds to believe what we want it to believe, not what our parents may have told us if it was negative. If it was positive, yes. Not what our schoolmates may have told us. And kids can say the most hurtful things, can't they? Am I the only one that still has scars from what kids said about me in elementary school? It's incredible how those words can have lasting impact. That's not what we want our subconscious mind to believe. Not what society or the media may be telling us, but what we want it to believe, what we want to be. And that's why it's so important to program our minds with the input that we want it to have and want it to believe. It's why we must control our thoughts because our thoughts are what program our mind to control what it believes and ultimately what it does, which is why we're told in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 2.5 to take every thought captive. Said another way, control our thoughts. Take control over our thoughts. Do not let our thoughts run wild in our mind. Do not let our thoughts control us. They do not create our identity. It's been said that our thoughts become words, both words that we will audibly speak with our mouth, but also words that we will speak internally to ourself that our subconscious mind again is going to hear and it's going to believe because it doesn't know truth from lie. So our thoughts will become words and then those words over time are going to affect actions. They're going to become actions in our life. And actions done often enough with enough repetition will become habits. And those habits will create our values. And those values will become our destiny or our legacy, said another way. So you could say that our thoughts affect our legacy because they do. And that is why 
2 Corinthians 2.5 tells us to take every thought captive. So important. The thoughts that we have, the feelings that we feel, and the actions that we take, they are interrelated. Actions seem to follow the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions. And that's typically what happens, right? But because action and feeling do go together, by using the subconscious portion of our mind to be intentional, again, to intentionally create action, which is under the direct control of our will or our conscious mind, we can indirectly regulate our feelings and our emotions, even our thoughts, which is not always immediately in the direct control of our conscious mind. So an example of this is you can force yourself to smile, right? When we're not feeling a smile naturally, we don't have the emotions of smiling. And you can try this. If you force yourself to smile long enough, I'm not saying it makes everything better. It makes problems go away. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it does affect our mood. It does affect our emotions. It does affect our feelings. Another example, maybe even more practical is when we choose with our conscious mind to focus on gratitude, to focus on what we have to be thankful for, it absolutely affects our emotions, our mood, our feelings improve. And this is really empowering when we know, hey, we don't have to let our feelings and emotions control us. That would not be a super successful plan for life. And think about this too. What is the last thing we're putting into our minds? What is the last thing you're putting into your mind before you go to sleep? While the brain dreams and regenerates and creates new pathways, what is the last thing you're feeding it? You know, for so many, I think it's things like the nightly news or maybe negativity on other medias like social media or whatever. And then we're going to go to sleep. Probably not the best plan for a successful life. And which is why I gave up watching the news years ago, I realized it just wasn't serving me well as much as I enjoyed it, as much as it was entertaining. That's its job is to entertain us, to keep us coming back for more, is it wasn't serving me well. It wasn't helping my positivity. It wasn't helping me with the things that really mattered in life that I did have direct control over, so I gave it up. Another thing I would ask you to consider is what is the first thing that you see here, first thing in the morning, what is the first thing being fed to your brain to start your day, setting the direction for it to follow each day? Again, for many, it's a negative source. Again, the news or something of the sort. I used to get on my phone first thing in the morning. First thing I did, turn it on, check things that had come in, social media notifications, emails, texts, all the things. No more. Absolutely no more. And it's been a game changer, just changing my morning routine. So a little off topic, but what I love to do first thing in the morning is before my feet even hit the floor is start with gratitude. And I love to give God thanks for many things, as many things as can rapidly come to mind that I have to be grateful for in the first minute or two or three or four of my morning. And then I like to follow that and make it to my seat, <laughs> my dining room table, my breakfast table, actually overlooking the pool and the lake and the sunshine, hopefully. And I love to just sit for a few minutes in silence just to really hear from God and to really just take time to pause and reflect before my day even gets going. And then I follow that with some Bible reading, my delicious, healthy meal replacement shake I've been drinking every morning for 22 years now, take my supplements. And 
get in a great workout and all that's about a two and a half hour routine, including the workout. And I absolutely love starting my day that way. And speaking of gratitude, there is very good reason why the one who created us and our minds encouraged us over and over again throughout the Bible to have an attitude of gratitude. You know, I'm reminded of first Thessalonians 518 that tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, all circumstances that's on the mountain highs and the valley lows. That's when things are going great. And when things are going, what seem to be terrible, when everything's falling apart, outwardly speaking, when nothing's going right, we still are commanded to give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. It's for our best. Negativity never served anybody well. And again, my recommended application of that is do it before your feet hit the floor. Try that. I just encourage you to try, even if it's just 30 seconds or a minute before you get out of bed, just think of as many things in rapid fire as you have to be grateful for. What a wonderful way to start the day. You know, we choose whether we see the glass half full or half empty. By nature, I feel like I was hardwired to see the glass half empty. And it takes reprogramming our brains. It takes conscious, intentional effort to think better. It takes work, but I'm going to tell you it is well worth it. And the dividends that it's been paying for me and my wife and my family and our business partners all these years later is incredible. It's phenomenal. And I just cannot speak to the importance of these basic principles of controlling our thoughts and controlling our minds. You know, positivity is all about perspective. I'll give you an example on that. One person sitting there complaining about not having shoes until he sees someone else happily living life with no feet. Or one person is complaining about having pain in their legs until they see a war veteran like Sergeant First Class Joseph James, who was on last week's episode, number 14, that lost both of his legs in battle, out there making an impact, having joy living a successful life, giving, serving, having his life be about service to others. Man, that takes away our excuses, doesn't it? It's all about perspective. I like to keep in mind that somebody is always going through something more difficult than me, always. And to not slip into the victim, poor me, feel sorry for myself mindset, which I have done before. And it's not a happy place to be in that state we're not a happy person to be around. We're not an encouragement to others. We're not setting ourselves up for success in our relationships and our health in our business. And so I just want to encourage everybody to keep our heads squared away, to keep that six inches between our ears, being very intentional with it. Don't just haphazardly let the thoughts and outside stimulus the negative news and whatever else is coming at us control and dictate our thoughts. That's not a winning plan. You know, our income, our influence with others, and ultimately our success in many areas of life can never rise above our level of leadership. At least it can't maintain above our level of leadership. I guess I could say that temporarily, I guess it could. And our leadership ability is a direct result of our mindset, our positivity, our level of gratitude. So the application of all this is 
be persistent. Chances are many of us may have a lot of undoing to do. We must be consistent to create new thought patterns, new pathways in our minds. We must first be aware that our minds are being programmed. That's the first step, right? And then we must make a choice to only speak words of life to others, of course, and to ourselves. Those words that we speak to ourselves, they must be life-giving. We must also filter every thought through what I believe the most amazing, incredible filter that God gave to us in Philippians 4 verse 8, where he said to only think on things that if it's true, if it's honorable, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's commendable, if it's morally excellent, and if it's praiseworthy. If it's not those things, toss it out. Take it captive. Toss it out. Right? So important. Also, I discussed in yesterday's Wisdom Wednesday email, talking about the importance of belief, about how we also must identify and remove potential barriers to healthy thoughts, such as negative influences that can erode our thoughts over time. By the way, if anyone is interested in hopping on that weekly email list where I send a brief email each Wednesday morning designed to help you grow and develop, increasing your impact and ultimately increasing your income, you can subscribe for free at Alan, A-L-L-A-N, Blaine, B-L-A-I-N, dot com forward slash WW, as in Wisdom Wednesday. As I sign off, I want to encourage you to write down a list of maybe 10 to 20 extremely positive statements about yourself written in first person that are who you want to be, who you believe you were created to be, and read them daily each morning for the next 30 days or longer, and see if that does not begin to help you reshape the thoughts and the words that you tell yourself throughout the day, which then in turn are going to impact positively how you act and the habits you create, right? And also make sure that those phrases, those one-liners are written down in first person. I am blank, okay? Do that. That's my encouragement to you if you want a little homework, a little assignment that's made a big impact and a big difference for a lot of people that I've had the opportunity to coach. And let's all make 2023 a memorable, impactful, and purpose-driven year of growth, service to many and major impact in other people's lives. Until next week, this is Alan Blaine saying goodbye for now. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblaine.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.